Thank you, Jesus. If you haven't welcomed someone and told them God is good, you could do that real quick. Hallelujah. <laughs> God is good. God is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's good. He's good to us. And he's faithful. Thank you, God. So, um, well, before I start, I just want to pray over the word one more time. We'll just pray, and then we'll start. Father, we just lift up right now the word tonight. I thank you that it's every word from your heart. I thank you that every, every word said, Father, is good and helpful and an encouragement to those who hear, Father. We ask you, Lord, we open our hearts right now to receive all you have for us in your word tonight. We call ourselves believers and receivers, and we thank you for it. I thank you, Father, that no corrupt communication will come out of my mouth. I thank you that I speak your word and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So um, not last Wednesday, but uh, the Wednesday before, um, we had a work week last Wednesday, and then the week before that, though, Pastor Jerry spoke, and um, he said some things, and I'm going to, I wrote them down, um, I don't know if I have them word for word, but I want to, I'm going to start with this, what, with some things he said. How many of you were here with the two Wednesdays back? Okay, so some of them, <laughs> some of them, some of you might have heard this, um, um, but I, wanted, I want to start with these little things he said, and then you're going to figure out what we're talking about as soon as you hear it. Hallelujah. So um, one thing he said, and we've, said, we've heard this a lot before too, but inconsistency lies the power. Hallelujah. Consistent action brings consistent results. The results we're believing for come by continuing. No manifestation without continuation. Our victory is won in our continual resistance to the test. Hallelujah. Those are some of the things he talked about two weeks back. He was talking about being consistent and just continuing in the word um, and then continuing in, continuing in God in every part of your life. And um, so when um, he asked if I, could, if I could speak and he asked me if I had anything on my heart, and I had been pondering for a couple months now, actually, just the um, continue. When you don't know what to do, continue. And what you do know what to do, hallelujah. And I, so I had just been, so I told him, I said, well, I did, but you preached it Wednesday night. And so, but he said, well, just carry on. So those of you that were here, um, and you go to Pastor Jerry and say, well, Kathy said what you said. He'll say, hallelujah. <laughs> Turn. Um, let's, let's look at our first scripture tonight. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.14, please. says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Um, so, again, I'm just, I, mean, I think Pastor... 
Pastor Jerry brought that scripture out in a couple of them, but um, we see here we must continue, right? So the Passion Translation, I didn't give you that one, Ben, but it says you must continue to advance in strength, hallelujah, with the truth wrapped around your heart. That's a good one, isn't it? We must continue to advance in strength with the truth wrapped around our heart. And then if we can go to um, 1 John, 1 John 2.24. Oh, did I? You get, you get the other one too, and then I only did one. Sorry, Ben. Okay, that one. <laughs> so you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. So we see there in those three scriptures, it starts out, and I didn't um, just say it, or the, uh, the Bible says it, right? We must continue. So we mu you must remain. You must continue. We must um, continue to advance in strength. So I think it's a pretty important thing to the Father, don't you? To put in his word, the God-breathed word that is breathed on man to put in the, in the Bible, he said there, all three of those times said, so we must. So we must continue in the things that we've learned. How many of you have learned anything in God? Yes? Okay. We must continue in those things. How many are still learning things in God? <laughs> yes, we are. All of us are. So we... We continue to learn and we continue in the things that we learn. Hallelujah. Um, Philippians 4.9 says, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received. So we're to keep putting into practice everything that we've learned. And I know that you've heard the saying, practice makes perfect, right? So if we practice the things we've learned, I think we can get pretty good at them, if not perfect. Hallelujah. I know we can get good. <laughs> if we practice consistency, then we become consistent and constant winners. If we practice continuing, we get really good at it, and we're, this is what he told me today, we're his continuers. Hallelujah. That's a good team to be on, the continuers. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a winning team. So... <laughs> So there's a story in the um, Old Testament that I want to um, just go through a little bit to help us see some stuff about continuing and the things we've learned. And um, then we're going to park there for a bit. But it's a story of Daniel. And um, I'll try to summarize some and I'll read some. But So Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were all young men picked um, by King Nebuchadnezzar's uh, chief of staff um, to um, go through training. They were teenagers or young men to go through training for three years um, to become uh, ready for royal, royal service, to serve in the, in the king's palace. And so they, um, they were going through their, they were going to go through their training, and the king assigned them daily rations of food from his own kitchens, my Bible said. Not kitchen, kitchens. And <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. And um, so they were going to be trained for three years, and then they would enter royal service. But Daniel, the Bible says that Daniel was determined not to defile himself 
and to eat the food of, of the king. So um, he went to the chief of staff and, and he told him that. And the chief of staff, he liked Daniel and he respected him. So, but he, um, he said, the king has ordered you to eat this food. And um, it, it, he said, I, if you get pale and thin, then um, the king will, the king might have my head because of it. So it says Daniel went to an, another attendant that was keeping track of them, tracking the boys in the training, and said to them, said to him, test us for 10 days with just having the vegetables and water and see what, what we're like, compare us to the others after the 10 days. So after the 10 days, Daniel and his three fin, friends, of course, vegetables, looked healthier and better nourished than the ones eating the king's food. Um, so when the training was over, the king went and came and talked to all the guys, and um, it, the Bible says that no one impressed him like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. He found them ten times more capable than anyone else in his entire kingdom. So Daniel went through his training. He's, um, he got to eat good food and, and <laughs> show him that he wasn't going to defile himself. And um, so now we let's move forward to chapter 6. And now Daniel is an administrator um, supervising high officers and protecting the king's interests. And he proved, it says he proved himself more capable than the other administrators. And because of his great ability, and um, one translation says an excellent spirit was in him. I love that. The king made plans to make him over, to place him over the entire empire. So, of course, the other guys, um, the other administrators and high officers, they didn't like that much. So they started to find, um, try to find what they could find, um, accuse him of, find fault in what he was doing and how he was taking, handling business, um, but they couldn't. And um, I think it's in verse 11 or so of that scripture. I'm going to pull up some of them, but I just want to kind of go over, go over all of it real quick first. But anyway, it said he was faithful. All, they couldn't find anything to bring against him because he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. That's big. How about us being faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy? Hallelujah. So they came to the conclusion that they weren't going to find anything wrong with Daniel. They couldn't find anything a fault with him. And so they came to the conclusion that the only thing we're going to be able to find wrong with him is going to be something concerning about the law of his God. So... Um, I think most of you know the Bible story that he, so he talked, uh, they went to the king, talked the king into making a law that no one could pray to anybody but the king, no gods, no God, um, for 30 days. And if they did, if anyone did that, they'd be thrown into the den of lions. So when Daniel learned of the law, and this is in the true, in the New Living Translation, this is what it said. When Daniel learned of the law, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as, he had all, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. 
So Daniel had learned um, way before to pray and to, um, he learned about faithfulness and he was living in that. And so when it said, as usual, just as he had always done, he did. He went up and prayed and gave thanks. So the guys, the mean guys, they um, went to his house. It says they found him praying. And so they ran back to the king and reminded him of the law. They told the king that, that my the king, New Living says, that, that man Daniel, he still prays to his God three times a day. And so... Um, hearing that, the king kind of, that he was troubled. That kind of bummed him out. But, um, in fact, it says that he spent the rest of the day trying to figure out how to get Daniel out of that predicament. But they came back to him and said, now, remember, you've signed that. It's a law. It's signed. Isn't that right? If it's signed, you can't change it and everything. And so he's like, yes, that's right. So the king ordered Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. But he said, as he did this, May your God, whom you serve so faithfully, rescue you. And then it says, early the next morning, the king went to the lion's den and said, Daniel, servant of the living God. So here he knows he's the servant of the living God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Was your God, whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel said, my God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth. They lifted him out, and not a scratch was found on him because he believed in God. So, and I think you know the rest of that story. He, uh, all the men, all those bad guys, trying to find, trying to get Daniel in trouble and um, get rid of him, got thrown into the lion's den with their families, and it said that uh, they were torn apart before they even hit the floor. So... Anyway, so now I want to put up Daniel 6, 25 through 27, though, please. So this is what he said. So that King Darius said, said at the end of this chapter, after all this went on, then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. Next one. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Hallelujah. So, this is a, a story of, of a man named Daniel who is just like us, just a human on the, and he rescued and saved him, and he rescues and saves his people today. He rescues and saves us today. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth, right here in Redmond and Word of Victory on this earth, um, and saves us from the power of the lions you know, the one that comes around like a roaring lion, hallelujah, saves us from that. So, who needs saved, a rescue, a miraculous, hallelujah, then you're in the right place. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so um, that's a good story about continuing in what you've learned and continuing to do what you know to do, right? But in Daniel 1.8, um, 
I think I gave you the New Living, or asked for the New Living and the New King James in that. Let's look at the New Living one of that in Daniel 1.8. It said, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. And then he asked him if he, if he, he asked permission not to eat it. So, but this is a very, this is a huge, big, number one point right here. Daniel was determined not to defile himself. Daniel got determined. He was determined he wasn't going to defile himself. Then the um, New King James says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies. I don't know about that. Delicacies? That would be, but he, that might be, you might think twice, but he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies. Hallelujah. So in our continuing and in our doing the things we need to do, continuing in the things of God, um, number one thing, we have to be determined and purpose in our hearts that that's what we're going to do. He was determined. He purposed in his heart. He made a quality decision. He was going to do what he knew was right, and that's what we need to do. He was going to do what he had learned and received regardless. Um, when, and when I was just studying and looking at this, everything, these are little things that I found in my studies, everything starts with a decision, and nothing happens without a quality decision, and it should be based upon the word. Hallelujah. So number one. We have to make a quality decision, purpose in our heart, that we're going to do what we need to do, hallelujah, no matter what. So um, in, the, in the back of this, my Bible here, in the concordance and dictionary, it, there's a meaning, there's a, um, the word continue, it says what it means, and then you can um, look up scriptures um, with that word in it. And for the meaning for continue is to maintain without interruption, a condition, course, or action. So to maintain without interruption. But we have an enemy that wants to interrupt us. <laughs> and he wants to interrupt, he wants to have a, get a little interruption in our condition, in our course, and in our action. Um, if he can get us to pause, to pause just a minute, from what we know to do, then he can go on to getting us to change our condition, our heart condition, to getting us to go, get off of our course, get on a new course, and get off the, the path of God. He can try to get us to change our action, um, basically get us to quit. That's what he does. So, but when we continue and press, press on into the, in the things of God, we keep ourselves in the right spiritual condition, hallelujah, on the right course, God's path, and doing the right things. Um, Daniel's heart was in the right condition, and it was in the right position. It was in the right condition, and it was in the right position. And that kept him... That kept him on the right course and doing what he needed to do, doing the right thing. Um, 
I, I read this earlier, but can you put up Daniel 6.10? But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. So Daniel's going along and he hears this law. It's a law. It's just like the, you know, the, the throwing in the, the lion's den. It's a law. And he just meditating about this. Daniel knew that, I mean, Daniel worked with these people that were trying to find something wrong with him. He knew what was, he knew what was going on, I'm sure, you know, you know in your workplace. And um, so I don't think um, it was, it wasn't, it was probably not a really easy time for Daniel, um, everyone that he works with against him and everything. But his heart was in a place where he heard the law and he still did what he knew to do. Hallelujah. What he'd always done, what he knew to do. He could have done um, something different. He could have said, oh, no, you don't. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I want to do. I have rights. I'm going to. He could have had that attitude, that position, that condition. But he did not, as we know. But um, he could have been like that. No, I don't think so. No one's going to tell me what to do or whatever. But he didn't. Remember, it said he asked permission not to eat the food. Now, I believe if they would have said, because it says his determined in his heart and purposed in his heart. I believe if they had said, no, you have to eat the king's food or no, you know, or nothing, he probably would have went with nothing but because he had already determined he wasn't going to defile himself. So if he couldn't get the vegetables in the water or whatever, he probably, but he, his attitude and his position was right. He um, asked for permission not to eat the food. And then he, it says all through there, that Daniel had favor. God had given him favor. He'd given him wisdom, understanding, everything. So anyway, but he, his heart is just, it's really, his heart condition is a heart condition we need. Hallelujah. I believe that he, he knew this law. He went up to pray. And I believe that he, and he didn't, you know, say, well, that's it, uh, you know, and and try, and he didn't, uh, you know, I'm not going to do it and argue or none of this. But I, th I believe that he said, God, because he's, he's been praying a long time, <laughs> and, he's, and God's given him favor, and God's given him wisdom, and he's given him understanding. And um, he's, praying, he's prayed three times a day for quite a while. And I think he asks God, when this all came about, what do I do? And God said, keep doing what you're doing and keep doing what you know to do. And so that's why he went up there still, hallelujah, and, and was praying and did what he was supposed to do. His heart was right. He kept his heart right toward the people. He didn't, you know, diss them when they did the law. He kept his heart right towards them, and he kept his heart right towards God, hallelujah. So he knew he must continue to do what he knew to do. And guess what? We can be like Daniel. Hallelujah. We can be faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy with an excellent spirit.
Hallelujah. God was working. God was working in Daniel and on his behalf, and God works in us and on our behalf. If we can look at Philippians 2:13 now. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I love this verse. It's one of my favorites. That because this tells us, because um, sometimes our desire might be a little not right, a little lacking. But this is so encouraging because we can even ask God to give us the desire. Hallelujah. Give us the desire to be consistent and to do what we know to do. And he'll, he'll give us the desire to do it, the will, and, he, and the power to do what pleases him. Hallelujah. So if we don't have a desire, he'll give us the desire and the power. We can ask God to help. Ask God to help us. Um, that's what Daniel did. It said that they found Daniel praying when they went to his house after they set that, that law and he went up and prayed and all those guys, they went and they, it says they found him at his house praying and asking for God's help. Hallelujah, we can do that. Thank you, Lord. So in this, in this wonderful Bible story, true Bible story, there are some prayer practices that um, God has put in there for us to take heed to, for us to practice until they become prayer habits. So I want to look at some of those. Um, first one, let's go to Luke 18, please. 1 through 8. Um, thank you, Lord. When, uh, talking about these prayer habits, when, um, when, uh, when we were, our son, when he uh, was going through the police academy and through some of his training, he always told us, he'd tell us about some of his training stuff and how, um, how much they train him in muscle memory stuff where he, he can do all he needs to do um, just automatically in crisis. And um, today that's really what the Lord was telling me about this, about our prayer, these prayer habits we're going to talk about. We can get to a place in our prayer habits that it's an automatic thing that comes up and out of us um, when it's needed, right in the middle of a crisis, don't know what to do. We can have a, we can get worked in us and practice so much that it comes up before, and we don't. Eat, we're like, oh my goodness, where did that come from? But it came from the Lord, Hallelujah, and it came from our heart that's full of that and has practiced it that so much that it's a habit. Thank you, Lord. So let's look at this one. One day. Jesus told his, dis his disciples a story to show that they could always pray and never give up. Hallelujah, we can always pray and never give up. <laughs> there was a judge in a certain city. He said, 
who neither feared God nor cared about people. Next one, please. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. <laughs> New Living Translation. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. <laughs> then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Well, he'll find a whole lot here in this room, won't he? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So this is our, our prayer habit, number one, is be consistent in prayer. Hallelujah. And that is consistently, constantly coming to God. Um, prayer is conversation with God, right? And he wants us to, he wants communication, conversation with us. And so he just wants us to continue to come to him. Um, he, this is one day, one time the Lord showed me this. I shared this in one of my prayer um, things I was in, but um, they were, we were talking about Facebook, and I don't know if the Lord wants Facebook. I don't know. But anyway, um, but he told me that he likes FaceTime because I use FaceTime to... I have grandkids in uh, Montana, and so we uh, FaceTime them so we can see them. And um, Jesus likes FaceTime. He likes face-to-face -face time with us. And um, he, uh, we, get the, we get the iPad out or whatever, and we, we dial them up, and then, we, then it shows a picture of yourself, you know, and so we see ourselves. And so I fix, try to fix things up <laughs> before the before they come on, but they come before I'm all fixed up, but their little faces are so cute that it's okay. And um, that's what, the way God feels about us. My oldest granddaughter, um, she, when I, when she, when she was a little baby, uh, just a few years old, and I was down on the floor playing with her at her house one time, she said, I love your face, Grandma. And um, God loves your face. Hallelujah. He wants FaceTime with you, and he loves your face. Thank you, Lord. He loves our face. He wants to see it really close. So, <laughs> hallelujah. Um, let's just read that one. The Passion Translation had such neat things about this. Uh, the um, Yes, this one. Thank you. One day Jesus taught the apostles to keep praying and never stop or lose heart. He shared with them this illustration. In a certain town, there was a judge, a thick-skinned and godless man who had no fear of others' opinions. And there was a poor widow in that town who kept pleading with the judge, grant me justice and protect me against my oppressor. He ignored her pleas for quite some time, but she kept asking. Eventually, he said to himself, 
This widow keeps annoying me, demanding her rights, and I'm tired of listening to her. Even though I'm not a religious man and don't care about the opinions of others, I'll just get her off my back by answering her claims for justice, and I'll rule in her favor. Then she'll leave me alone. The Lord will rule in your favor. The Lord continued, Did you hear what, that, what the ungodly judge said? That he would answer her persistent request. Don't you know that God, the true judge, will, will grant justice to all of his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? He will pour out his spirit upon them. He will not delay to answer you and give you what you ask for. Hallelujah. He will pour his spirit out on you and he won't delay. Thank you, Lord. God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. There we go. Don't give up. So be ever praying, ever expecting, just like the widow was with the judge. Yet the Son of Man comes back. Yet when the Son of Man comes back, will he find this kind of persistent faithfulness in his people? He will, won't he? Hallelujah. Keep praying. Don't give up. Thank you, Lord. Don't quit. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, point number one, be persistent. Be consistent in prayer. Number two, um, let's turn to the Philippians 4, 6, please. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. There's a lot right there. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Point number two, pray with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Prayer is conversation with God in praise and thanksgiving. Not with worry, not with fear, not with complaining. In Philippians 2.14, it says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Guess what? That means prayer too. No complaining, no fear, no worrying, but being thankful. Hallelujah. Thankful when we pray. Um, let's look at this next story of thankfulness in um, Luke 17, please. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village there, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. The, uh, another translation said, praise God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Is that the last part one I gave you? No. So Jesus answered and said, were, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Pastor Jerry's taught on that story a lot where um, they all got, they all, 
as they went, they all got cleansed. This guy got made whole. Hallelujah. Um, he came back and thanked the Lord for what he had done. And it's so important to remember to thank God. Um, it's a very powerful uh, prayer habit to pray with thanksgiving. Um, as I was just thinking about that today, um, I was thinking of, uh, of our church here and here being here tonight. And let's say there was 100 of us in here and Jesus came in and uh, we said, have mercy on us. And, and he did. He had mercy on all of us and, and, and he cleansed us. And then he said to, uh, instead of go to the priest, maybe he said go to Pastor Jerry. And so we all went. But out of, uh, this was one out of 10. So we could say like we, if we had 100 people, only 10 people went back to thank God for healing them and thank him for what he'd done. And that's, that's just, when you think of it that way, that would be heartbreaking. That would be sad. Hallelujah. So we don't want to be one of those that God has mercy on and moves in our life, heals us, cleanses us, and we don't want to be one of those that doesn't come back to tell him thank you, right? We, we want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so be consistent in prayer. Pray with thanksgiving. Um, turn to, let's go to James 5.15, please. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Um, pray in faith. Hallelujah. That's our next point. Pray in faith. Um, praying in faith is praying the answer. Hallelujah. You use your faith for the answer, right? Not the problem. Do you have? Yeah. So, so pray the answer, not the problem. That's faith. The prayer of faith saves. The prayer of faith saves the sick. So pray in faith. If, if doubt, if you have doubt, don't even pray. Because it doesn't do us any good to pray in doubt. We have to pray in faith. Hallelujah. Okay. So, okay, next point, number four. Um, go to Ephesians, please. To, okay, yeah. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Next point, pray from the top. We're seated in heavenly places with Jesus. And our prayer position is on the top. Hallelujah. Um, above the problem. You can see better up on top above the problem. Um, when you, um, my friend Carol and I and, and Rick will join us sometimes and Gary's joined us, but we like to go to um, Misery Ridge and to Smith Rock and walk. And when we're at the top, we see things a lot different. The, all the pastures and the fields and everything we drive by to get there, we drive right by them. We can see every little part of them when you're up on top. Hallelujah. So we pray from the top. We can see better. We have a better 
and bigger perspective, a more correct one even. Hallelujah. So pray from the top above the problem. Thank you, Lord. All right. Then let's look at James 5.16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Prayer point number five, pray for one another. Hallelujah. Pray for others. Prayer is conversation with God in intercession, praying for others. Um, find, I'll tell you a quick way to get a breakthrough, find someone to pray for. It's a quick way to get yourself a breakthrough. You need a healing in your body, find someone to pray for that needs a healing in their body. You need a breakthrough with your kids with your job with your finances find someone in that situation and pray for them watch how fast god brings breakthrough to you it's it this has happened more times than i can count actually when just praying for others we um we pray here every tuesday for the you know the requests that come in and stuff and um but that Praying for someone else is so powerful, I can't even put words to it. But so if you uh, get in a habit of praying for others that have a need, hallelujah. Um, it's like, uh, you know, the, the kingdom of God is sowing and reaping. Sow some prayer for others and reap some answers for yourself. Hallelujah. Reap some breakthroughs. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So um, that was all of the little um, prayer points that I had, but um, we have to look at, well, this is kind of still one, but um, turn to Ephesians 5 and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. I think um, chapter or verse 1 is, the, is where it says, imitate God. Yeah. And so we're to imitate the Lord. He walks, he loves us. And there we go. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. So we, we imitate God. We do, do what he did and does, and he loves the, he loves the people. He loves, he loves all of us, and he loves everyone. Hallelujah. And so in our prayer, um, in developing our prayer life and making these prayer habits and these practices in, in prayer that we need, to get um, really good at, so they just come up automatically when they're needed. Um, we need to examine our um, love walk, too. We have to walk in love with everybody, with your neighbor, with your spouse, with your kids, with your nice friends and with your enemies. <laughs> we have to love everyone 
Um, the Bible says that faith works through love and prayer works through love. Hallelujah. It works through love. Daniel walked in love. Um, I believe that before, you know, all that stuff was going on, trying to find something to accuse him up and, and stuff, and he was praying three times a day, he had to have been lifting those people up. He had to be talking to God about those people that were trying to mess him up, you know. Um, so I, he walked in love. I believe that. So anyway, so we want to continue in those things, continue in those prayer habits and practices until we get really good at it. And that's going to be when we get to heaven. <laughs> but we keep going and we keep learning and we can, at, we can come to a point right here on earth where, like I said earlier, you're in crisis and, and what comes up and out of you is a prayer that will save you. Hallelujah. A, the, a prayer that will change it. A word that you put in your heart, because we're to pray the word. I should, that should have been one of my points too, but we pray the word. And so we can, get it, we can get it so in us that that's what comes up when it's needed. Not even thinking about it. It just comes up and out our mouth. And uh, we can do that here in this, in this life. So we want to continue to pray, continue, press on in the things of God. Um, if we think about it, you know, when I said earlier, the, um, the, the, our enemy wants to um, interrupt us from continuing. And so I was just jotting down some things that um, can happen if he can get that to happen. And no wonder he wants it to happen um, <laughs> because no consistency like we, read, we talked about earlier that I said, um, uh, no manifestation without continuation, inconsistency, lie the power, all those. So no consistency would be no power, wouldn't it? Um, or few or little results. Um, no manifesta manifestations or few of them. No victories or few. Not as many as if we stay consistent. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so... Um, and no, he really wants to interrupt your prayer life. He knows the power of you praying. He knows what happens when you're so strengthened in your prayer life that that just comes right out of you in the middle of crisis. He knows he's done for when that happens. So he doesn't want you to pray. So he's going to try every interruption he can. And then, if he can just ca cause a little pause in it, then what happens? So you haven't prayed for a few days. Then you, need, you go pray. What hits you first? Condemnation, because you haven't prayed for a while. So then condemnation tries to hit you. Then you don't feel worthy to ask God of what you need you need and what need you need to you know change and stuff because um, you haven't been praying and so see what see what happens if, if we allow the enemy to just interrupt us just a little bit so he 
he can get us feeling like that. Now, it's not, it's not like that because Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. And as soon as you take a step, he's there. But the, the enemy tries to condemn us into saying, well, into thinking, you know, you haven't prayed for three days. So, I mean, can you really ask God for something now? And <laughs> you can. And he's right there. But that's what tries to, and then, you know, if you haven't seen someone, if you haven't seen your good friend or someone that you talk with a lot for a while, and then you feel, then you kind of have to get reacquainted. And so on our part, not on God's, we feel like, well, I don't really even, I don't really even know God right now, and um, I'd have to get reacquainted. And then you feel like you have to stay in your prayer closet, you know, a couple, three days to, or something, you know, so... So anyway, no wonder he wants to interrupt us, but he's not going to interrupt us in our consistency, right? Um, then, and no wonder he doesn't want us to be thankful and to pray with thanksgiving. Um, if there's no thanksgiving, we're just ungrateful. Ungrateful people aren't that great. Uh, <laughs> we, um, <laughs> we, we go... We'll be ungrateful, and then we'll go into a little pity party, maybe. Then we'll do what we looked at earlier, where it says do everything without complaining and arguing. Then we'll do a little of that. We'll do a little complaining and arguing, because we haven't ha just because we don't have a thankful heart. Hallelujah. But we do have a thankful heart. And so, and if there's no praise, if he can just get us to pause from our praise, then... Because praise lifts you up, and praise takes you to the top, too. And so if there's no praise, then he can get us to feel down. Then we can get depressed. And then we do, like I talked about earlier, under the problem, when we're supposed to be on top of the problem. So he wants to interrupt our praise, but we're not going to let him. Right? No wonder he wants to interrupt our intercession, our prayer for others. Because if he can interrupt our prayer for other people, then it's all about us. And that's not the way God made it for it, for it to work. It's not about us. It's about others, right? So anyway, so we want to keep doing, we want to be consistent in our prayer life. We want to continue just to do those things, pray with thanksgiving, pray from the top, do it until it just becomes an automatic. It's a, we won't call it muscle memory, but we could call it heart memory. Till it's just a heart memory that it, in the middle of crisis, no matter what it is, our heart knows what to do. Hallelujah. So we can get that way. We can get that, that to that place. It's like, uh, you know, I was just thinking about things that we continue in um, and we know we're supposed to continue, you know, we pay tithe. We continue to, to pay tithe, and we do that because the, the, windows of hope, the, the windows of heaven stay open over us when we continue, right? So we, we give offering, and, and we give continually, and then it says, um, and it'll be given to you, right? Men give to you. So if we just think of, all these, all these principles and all, all the things in God that we're doing, and we can stay consistent in it, then we win. Hallelujah. 
and we can go through life the abundant, absolute God life without interruption and with all of our prayers answered and live heaven on earth. Hallelujah. So there we go. So that is all I'm going to share tonight. Hallelujah. So we're going to be consistent, right? Going to be consistent. That's where the power lies. Be consistent prayers. Be consistent praisers. Be consistent thanksgiveners. Be, consi be consistent. Hallelujah. So let's stand to our feet, and I'm going to pray over our time tonight, and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we're thankful, and we're grateful. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the helper that helps us do your word and live your word. And Father, we just take in what you've shown us tonight, Lord. We receive it. We believe it. We ask for your help, Father, just to practice it and to make habits of the things of God that we need to make a habit in our life, Lord. That the, the things that we need to be more consistent in, more constant in, continue more in, Father. We just ask for you to help us with that, Lord. We take your word. We believe it. We stand on it. We receive it. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.